This episode is sponsored by the North American Commercial Vehicle Show. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. As we all know, this industry has been on a steady march toward better fuel efficiency and lower greenhouse gas emissions, and one key component of that journey is aerodynamics. Modern on-highway tractors have become increasingly streamlined, and we've also seen trailer side fairings really catch on in recent years. But the opportunity doesn't end there. Fleets can go a lot further through a holistic approach that improves airflow from the front bumper to the back of the trailer. One factor driving this push for better aerodynamics is the federal government's Phase Two greenhouse gas rule. The trailer portion of that regulation has been put on hold, and that remains a source of uncertainty for the industry, but what is certain is that fleets will continue to seek out ways to save fuel and reduce costs. But how will they achieve those targets through aerodynamics, especially if they're already using late model equipment and trailer skirts? What technologies and strategies will drive the next steps in streamlining the tractor trailers of tomorrow? To help answer those questions, I recently sat down with several industry leaders in this field during the Technology and Maintenance Council's 2019 annual meeting. Later in the program, we'll hear from Matthew Boyvin, President and CEO of Transtex, a supplier of trailer side skirts and other aerodynamic systems. But we'll start with a conversation we recorded with another aerodynamic supplier and an executive at a major fleet. Let's go to that interview now. We're here at TMC's annual meeting in Atlanta, and we're pleased to welcome Josh Butler, who's co-founder and president of Flow Below Aero, a supplier of aerodynamic systems for tractors and trailers based in Austin, Texas. Also joining us is Kyle Wallace, who's senior director of business intelligence and analytics at Navajo Express out of Denver, Colorado. Thank you guys both for joining us. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So traditionally, we've seen a lot of focus go to the trailer in terms of aerodynamics. You know, uh, side skirts in particular have been a, a major focus. Uh, but we've also seen companies like Flow Below come along and, and pay a little bit closer attention to the tractor as well. And, and uh, your case at Flow Below, you know, the company's uh, first and probably best known product is the tractor aero kit, which includes fairings for the tractor's tandem axle. Uh, Josh, take us through the opportunity you saw on the tractor and, and why you decided to focus on that particular niche. Correct. Well, Seth, it was simple for us because when we first uh, started our company, we were starting to look at the tractor and the trailer together, and, and obviously our attention was first on the trailer. And we saw that everybody, there was probably 10 companies making side skirts. And I talked to a fleet that had, uh, you know, he had an extreme ratio, but it was a 5 to 1 ratio of trailers to trucks. And he told me, you know, I don't really ever want to put anything on my trailers again. I don't get the return on investment that other fleets get. But if you make something on the truck, that would probably work for me. Of course, the truck OEMs do everything they can for aerodynamics, but they move relatively slowly. And uh, the back area of the truck where our product mounts is kind of the area which they've always ignored or, or let's say haven't focused on from the design standpoint because they just purchase components like axles, wheels, hubs, fifth wheels. All of those pieces are components supplied by other companies and each of the OEMs just buys them and assembles them at the plant. So they never really addressed the area behind the wheels, around the wheels, and that's what we, we just latched onto and said, look, there's opportunity here. Nobody's doing anything about it. We filed patents and, and basically captured uh, that niche by protecting the intellectual property for it, developed the products, brought on the market. Um, you know, Navajo wasn't our very first customer, but one of the first mainstream customers, I'd say. So not an early adopter, but past we got that 
once we got past that phase, um, started working with large fleets. Uh, you know, we began working with Kyle Wallace at Navajo Express. They deployed the product, and he's seen how we've improved it over the years and made it better. And now it's factory installed. So we've gone all the way from uh, just a, a aftermarket accessory to an OEM first fit. Um, and uh, that's been really exciting for us. Uh, so Kyle, I wanted to uh, get your thoughts and, and you know, you're uh, an adopter of the uh, Flow Below system. Uh, you guys have been uh, using aerodynamics in, in one form or another for quite a while. Uh, can you take us through uh, your history with this and, and the types of systems that you've spec'd on, on your equipment and, and what you've seen? Yeah, um, at Navajo we really try and take a holistic approach to making the most efficient tractor-trailer combination that we can. And so I've looked at uh, many different vendors over the years, but really what drew me to uh, Flow Below initially was the fact that the, uh, the ROI works out very well and the fact that it is on the tractor that is producing more revenue, tractor is always running compared to a trailer where it's harder to work out an ROI on a trailer product because you're going to have more downtime and not be producing as much revenue with it. So. Uh, with that, it was really kind of where we decided to give Flowblow a test because, I mean, there's certain uh, major points on a tractor-trailer where you're going to lose aerodynamic efficiency, one being the trailer gap, which as a uh, refrigerated company we can't do very much about, uh, the other being on the uh, drive axles and going onto the front of the trailer there, and then obviously the skirts and the uh, everything else that goes along with the trailer itself. And, I mean, everybody has different kinds of skirts. There's uh, some that are better than others, in my opinion, and some that are a lot more durable than others, in my opinion. So uh, it's also just kind of, you know, got down to a preference at this point when it comes to that. But when you're, when you're looking at something on the tractor like Flowblow, it's, uh, you know, they stand out as their own, as, you know, an independent company that figured out the engineering themselves without, uh, you know, basically piggybacking on everybody else. Sure. Now, a question I want to ask both of you guys. Uh, tractor trailers today are far more aerodynamic than they were, say, decades ago or even just a few years ago, really. I mean, you see the uh, advancements that the, the OEMs have made to make the on-highway tractors more efficient. And we've seen all these, uh, these systems that can make the trailer and the tractor uh, you know, more streamlined. Uh, so the, the question is, at what point do we reach a point of diminishing returns uh, in terms of aerodynamics? Uh, is it getting tougher to find that next level of uh, uh, incremental improvement in, uh, in aerodynamics? And, and how much further can we go uh, to, to find more uh, efficiencies through aerodynamics? And I'll start with you, Josh. Sure. Well, <clears throat> I still think at this point there remain significant opportunities, especially when you look at the adoption of the technologies. Of course, if you adopted everything available on the market today, there would probably be di diminishing returns. But if you look at what's actually been deployed, it's not that case today. Um, the vast majority of fleets, in my opinion, uh, I don't have the exact data to support this, are usually just running one aerodynamic solution on the trailer, usually just skirts, mostly because that's required, but also because the other products may be closer to the diminishing returns category in their minds, at least. So it, at some point, it takes a little bit uh, more, puts more pressure on the cost side for these guys, to, you know, for. Uh, Navajo to uh, afford to add another piece on the back end, which does less fuel savings than a trailer, yeah, it costs more. Well, it's like, well, okay, the payback still has to be there. At least that's what I've been told on the fleet side, talking to these folks, is that yes, that opportunity remains, but it's the low-hanging fruit is gone. It's not diminishing returns, but it's like you, you still got to evaluate the business case every time. Uh, the skirt area, the tail area, the, the gap area, and around the wheels of truck and trailer, I think still remain the biggest areas to focus on. Um, so I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, 
um, until all those areas have been completely um, optimized for fuel savings and aerodynamics. Sure, and Kyle, I want to get your take on this as well. Uh, do, you, do you see a point where it becomes harder and harder to find those incremental uh, improvements, uh, or do you still see a, a lot of opportunity to do more uh, with your equipment in, in terms of aerodynamics? I mean, I think we'll always try and be on the leading edge of it, uh, no matter which path we're following at the given time. But I do think uh, there is a lot of opportunity left, as Josh had said. But a lot of this has to come back down to the OEM manufacturers pretty quickly here. I mean, if they're not going to, you know, lobby the uh, FMCSA about, say, going to camera side mirrors or something like that, with these other opportunities that, you know, either via regulation or via the OEMs has not been really available to change from any third third party uh, provider then uh, you know really it's we're going to come to a point that it's for a fleet side it's the ROI is really what it still comes down to at the end of the day so sure and that uh, you know the side mirrors example is a, is a very good one and uh, you know you think about the opportunity to, to save by moving to cameras and uh, that's something that uh, we have seen some movement uh, F F FMCSA is moving toward allowing that uh, and we'll have to see uh, how that materializes in, in the years ahead. About the North American Commercial Vehicle Show. The North American Commercial Vehicle Show, NACV Show, at www.nacvshow.com, is a B2B exhibition focused on fleet decision makers and key influencers in the commercial vehicle industry. The NACV Show has been designated a Gold 100 Awards honoree by Trade Show Executive, a top trade show industry publication honoring the largest and most accomplished trade shows of the year, leading truck and trailer manufacturers and commercial vehicles and part component suppliers will demonstrate their latest product offerings during the NACV Show 2019, taking place at the Georgia World Congress Center in Atlanta from October the 28th through the 31st. Also, just looking at the systems that are available in the market today, and not really looking to the future, but just looking what's out you know, that, that you can use as a spec option or an aftermarket system now, uh, just how much opportunity is there just to improve industry-wide fuel economy simply by taking advantage of the technology that is already available? Uh, Josh, your, your thoughts on that? Well, I think there's, there's huge opportunity. And <clears throat> Um, NACFI best demonstrated that, in my opinion, with the Run on Less program right. last year, mm -hmm. showing 10.1 MPG was possible, and, and this is in 2017. So it, it's not unheard of these days for fleets to have a couple drivers that are getting 12, even sometimes scratching on 13 miles per gallon, and this is all with commercially available technologies. Um, so I think it's, it's very much doable. There's still big opportunity. Uh, it's not just aerodynamics, though. It's also driving habits and uh, electronics, engine technologies, powertrain technologies. It's the combination of all of that. And I think, in, in my opinion, the best way to implement some of these things is to do those in parallel. You know, the training that goes along with implementing a, a, a device is useful because you get buy-in from the end user. The drivers, the mechanics are all bought into it, and they're not working against uh, the grain, so to speak. So. Okay. And Kyle, uh, from the fleet perspective, what are the main factors that really drive you toward uh, just looking for ways to, to be more and more efficient? Of course, every fleet out there is trying to save fuel and trying to, to reduce costs, but uh, do you also hear from your shippers that they want to see uh, greater efficiency uh, as part of their strategies as well? 
Yeah, so uh, one huge push that we've been doing the last several years with our shippers uh, is to provide them with a CO2 reduction throughout uh, putting bigger payload on onto fewer trucks for them per year. So by adding either specialized equipment as far as 57-foot trailers or superset combinations of 48 and 42-foot trailers or uh, ultra-lightweight uh, day cabs that could we, we could put up to 55,000 pounds on a standard 53-foot reefer trailer now, um, you know, just offering those type of things to our customers and being creative about it and getting, getting with both our third-party vendors and our OEMs and, you know, really pushing the boundaries of what we can spec with the OEMs is... Uh, really where we've been having a lot of success and it's uh you know we got recognized the last two years in a row as a uh, excellence award recipient for the smart way uh people and that's uh given to about the top two percent that are applying to it so got it it's very interesting also to, to hear that they're you know your, some of your shippers are looking at this not only from a pure you know mpg perspective but just a broader efficiency looking at operations and ways to uh increase you know payload and and be more efficient that way as well. Uh, you know, when you, if you're really looking at a, at a carbon footprint perspective, uh, you know, and we, when we look at the regulatory landscape, uh, of course, we we have uh, on the books uh, new, several you know, more stages of uh, greenhouse gas emissions with with phase two. Uh, that's going to continue to push the OEMs toward more and more fuel economy gains and uh, uh, carbon emissions, uh, uh, greenhouse gas emissions reductions. Uh, but how much more of that is going to come from aerodynamics? I mean, obviously they have to look at the engine, they have to look at uh, many forms of uh, efficiency, but how much uh, do you think that you know, current and future uh, greenhouse gas emission regulations are going to continue to push the industry toward more and more forms of aerodynamics? So I don't necessarily think that the industry needs reg more regulations at this point. In my opinion, what happened with... CARB, EPA and CARB for the, the first phase one, and, and which is part of the reason why skirts are so common or uh, of that 5% criteria. Uh, that really pushed fleets to, to turn toward aerodynamics. After that, now you have a, a mindset that's totally changed. People now realize, hey, that, that regulation, although they don't normally like regulations, the trucking industry, that one actually helped them and helped them save fuel. And uh, now you have an attitude shift toward uh, saving fuel with aerodynamics. It's no longer seen as something they probably don't need to do unless they have to do it. So our, our business model is to not depend on regulations because you can't predict them. Obviously, right. phase two got put on hold. Um, that would only help accelerate it, I think, if it does come back. But, uh, you know, any kind of technology has got to have a good business case anyway. And if it doesn't, then, you know, you're, you're risking a lot by depending on regulations. Yeah, certainly on the, the trailer side that got put of that regulation that got put in abeyance is uh, definitely a point of uh, uncertainty for the industry uh, moving forward, and, and that is very much uh, in limbo. Uh, you know, Kyle, uh, how, how do you at, uh, at Navajo Express look at greenhouse gas regulations? You know, obviously that's an issue for your uh, your tractor suppliers and and uh, trailer suppliers to to comply with uh, potentially, but uh, do you how do you see that shaping? you know, the future of equipment and, and the future of uh, your business? Well, I really do think it'll, uh, you know, affect our business personally through the fact that, uh, you know, it's the shippers that are going to be pushing this more than anybody. You know, higher payload, better mile per gallon, lower CO2 footprint. And, uh, you know, on top of that, regulations are not regulations. I don't see the fuel prices going down in America anytime 
in the, fu in the future at all, really. And with that, I mean, we're always going to be needing to squeeze a little bit more out of the out of the trucks with the uh, better fuel efficiency. So I don't see anything really backing down on this, whether it's uh, mandated on us or not. I think the genie's out of the bottle, and it's just going to keep getting better from here. Sure. And I also, before I let you guys go, I want to get some, some final thoughts on what the future is going to look like with aerodynamics. You know, we've, we've seen this industry come a long way. You know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we've seen uh, more and more types of uh, uh, systems hit the market like, uh, like, like Flow Below has introduced. But uh, Josh, what do you think is next? I mean, where are we going? What's this industry going to look like? Uh, and how much more streamlined is a tractor trailer going to be, say, 10 years from now? Well, I think in 10 years, they'll probably look a lot different. Uh, you're already starting to see the, the hints of what that change is going to look like. Uh, if you take a look at the side extenders on trucks, they're starting to go further back. There's a couple gap devices on the market that are actually for sale now that open and close and you know seal off the gap between the truck and trailer. Those right now are priced pretty high, and so you don't see widespread adoption. Uh, the areas around the wheels on the truck side, we've got to the point now where we're on you know, over 10% of all new trucks sold include them, which is incredibly uh, a good adoption rate. Um, exceeded our expectations, but there's still enormous opportunity for us. Um, so that's a trend I'd see around the wheels. The uh, the gap between the truck and trailer I, I mentioned that could be addressed from the trailer side too. I think the preference on the fleet side is to have that come from the truck because you've got that ratio of trailers to trucks. Um, as you go further back, you know, skirts will probably extend further forward. You, see, do, you do see some longer skirts on the market. I think Transtex, for example, has a 23-footer instead of a 19-footer that, that covers up the landing gear. Um, I've seen some skirts that go all the way back and cover the wheels of the trailer. Um, our AeroSlider product, which is fairings between behind the trailer wheels, is an alternative to that. So one of those two technologies to, to cover up the lower uh, and rear portion of the trailer and then tail devices, you've seen a, a little bit of a trend toward um, from long tails, like the AT Dynamics tail, they got acquired by Stimco, but now there's, there's shorter tails that are more durable, less, uh, they don't have the risk of getting damaged by dock doors, things like that. Um, and uh, so either way, a tail device of some kind uh, is going to become a common sight. And, um, you know, the, the front of the cab, I think you've seen on the, you know, the new enhancements to the Cascadia that just came out, they've done little things that add up to big big amounts of fuel savings, like tow hook covers, uh, gap sealing, air dams. Uh, they're also lowering the ride height. So all of those things all add up to basically sealing the perimeter of the truck, not letting airflow through or under unless it's necessary for engine airflow cooling, um, sealing as much as possible, uh, but always within the practical limits. I also think that we will be seeing at least a... Uh hybrid powertrain of some sort of electric power. I think the batteries are what's really holding things back right now from going full electric, but whether it's uh, you know some better form of compressed natural gas or, or full electric, um, you know, I think we're not too far away from that. Yeah, certainly exciting time to, to be in this industry, a lot of change, and uh, we're just seeing the, the march toward uh, greater fuel economy, greater efficiency just, uh, just continue. And you guys are right at the forefront. Uh, so thank you so much for uh, joining us. It was great to hear your thoughts on this. Thank you, Seth. Thank you. About the North American Commercial Vehicle Show. The North American Commercial Vehicle Show, NACV Show, at www.nacvshow.com, is a B2B exhibition focused on fleet decision makers and key influencers in the commercial vehicle industry. 
the NACV show has been designated a Gold 100 Awards honoree by Trade Show Executive, a top trade show industry publication, honoring the largest and most accomplished trade shows of the year. Leading truck and trailer manufacturers and commercial vehicles and part component suppliers will demonstrate their latest product offerings during the NACV show 2019, taking place at the Georgia World Congress Center in Atlanta from October the 28th through the 31st. We're here at uh, TMC's annual meeting in Atlanta, and we're excited to welcome Matthew Boyvin, who's the founder, CEO, and president of Transtex, a supplier of trailer fairings and other aerodynamic systems for the trucking industry. So thank you so much for joining us, Matthew. Hey, hi, everyone. So let's go ahead and uh, start by considering how you started this company, how you got involved in this business, uh, and, and really built this company uh, on uh, trailer aerodynamics. Uh, how, what was the origin? You know, I hear that you were a, an engineering student yes. and uh, had this idea, and uh, that gave birth to this company. Yeah. How did it all happen? Yeah, all s that all started at university when we were uh, doing uh, wind tunnel testing, and uh, the project was... Uh, a bit crazy at the start was to put wings over the top of a trailer, try to uh, lift the trailer uh, on the highway, and that was uh, kind of a very bad idea. <laughs> but as uh, we were moving wings around the trailer, we, we uh, just discovered that putting wings at the rear and under the trailer would reduce drag, not create any more lift, and uh, there was the start of uh, improving the aerodynamics of a trailer. Very good, and, and now we uh, see uh, out on the road so many trailers are equipped with side skirts. Uh, so what's your assessment of just where the industry is now and, and uh, you know, just how much traction and how much, how much has the industry improved in terms of aerodynamics from when you got your start to where we are today? Yeah, my first, uh, say, show, TMC show was in uh, 2000, where we were the only uh, aero provider, I would say, at that show. Uh, now you see a lot of solutions that will improve aerodynamics of trailers and trucks. Um, I would say 90% of trailers come out of the factory now with an aero device, at least a skirt. Um, regulation have pushed for a lot, but I think fleet now understand that fuel saving will uh, reduce their operating costs, and uh, that's the big driver. Absolutely. And you know when you also look at the market, it's, it's really diversified in terms of the types of devices. You, you mentioned side skirts and you know, rear, rear fairings, tails. Uh, we, we see a lot more uh, different types of devices uh, on the market as well. Under trays, uh, fairings for the, the uh, tandem axle uh, is available. And uh, Transtech is also, also expanding its product lines with uh, some acquisitions of uh, uh, some product lines from uh, Smart Truck. Yes. Uh, yeah. So tell us about that. Uh, how is that going to expand your, your business and, and why do you see uh, sort of value in offering all these different add-on systems beyond the core components that you've been selling for many years? Yes, yeah, so uh, as an innovator, you start uh, pushing one product and you see that you know uh, to add fuel saving to a, a truck trailer, you'll have to add more than one solution. So we're really focused on a mission to bring fuel saving and uh, for that, so we have started with a, a skirt system and became a skirt family so we could put our skirt on every type of truck trailers. Um, with time we also figure out that we, we would need more so s to bring more we push uh, product development on tails and we uh, were very interested in one of the technology that was out there uh, owned by a smart truck 
and we uh, purchased the asset of the TopKit. So now TopKit is joining the Transtex uh, Edge product line to add savings to uh, Skirt. So making a great combo, uh, going to the next level for fuel saving, adding 2 to 5% to what uh, Skirt will save. Uh, and we uh, believe that was going to just bring fleets to the next level. Sure, and th for those who are, aren't aware of the, the top kit system, you explain that. I mean, this, is, this sits on the, the sort of the, the rear of the trailer roof. Uh, exactly what does, how does that work? So uh, what's very important for every aero device, I believe it's zero driver interaction. So we're looking at a technology that is, will redirect the air at the rear of a trailer to kind of reduce this parachute effect that happens at the rear of a trailer at high speed. Um, by doing this, of course, y the trailer goes easier at high speed and you have fuel saving. So uh, that's the concept uh, of redirecting the air a little bit without extending too much of the rear of the trailer. So then you don't have uh, uh, maintenance costs to keep the product uh, in operation. Understood. I also wanted to ask you about uh, aftermarket sales versus uh, factory installation. As you mentioned, uh, Trailer side skirts have really uh, gained a lot of traction in this industry. They're becoming uh, almost uh, a standard. Uh, but how much business do you still do with uh, aftermarket sales, and what's the breakdown versus factory fit installation? Yeah, so 10 years ago, we were involved in big retrofit programs where we were retrofitting complete fleets. Uh, at this point, most of those big fleets have went through a retrofit program, and everything new is coming on, on factory installs. So I would say we still uh, we sell about 20% of our sale on the aftermarket side and 80% to uh, factory install. Okay. And of course, when we look at tractor trailers on the road, and it's not just the trailers, also the tractor itself. The, the manufacturers have made uh, on-highway tractors more aerodynamic, and we've seen all these add-on systems for trailers that have uh, made the, the trailers also much more aerodynamic. But how much further can we really go with aerodynamics? I mean, at what point do we hit a, a, a point of diminishing returns where yeah. it's harder and harder to squeeze more uh, efficiency out of uh, uh, tractor trailers based on aerodynamics? Yeah, we believe there's still a lot to do on aerodynamics. Of course, every percentage you're adding now costs more than the first percentage we added some years ago. So it gets harder and harder to add a 1% of improvement on the aero. Um, but there's a lot of potential. Um, of course, now, you know, the 1% uh, we developed many years ago uh, cost is maybe $100 per percent. Now we're looking more at the $200 per percent, per percent of, uh, right. of fuel economy. So we, we've gotten the, the low-hanging fruit. Now we're up to the medium-hanging fruit exactly. uh, and, and go yeah. from there. Uh, but still but still a long road ahead. You still see a lot of opportunities. Yes, the technology that costs uh, more today will cost less tomorrow. So right. uh, we believe that. And we're always working now on technology that will come after what we're, we're, we're promoting now. Sure. And of course, you know, we look at all the you know, different types of systems that are available today. There's a uh, wide range of products uh, from your company and others. Uh, so how much, can, how much fuel can the industry save simply by adopting the technology that's already available? I mean, how much more uh, opportunity do you see there just from the maybe the companies that haven't been at the forefront of adoption of, of some of these add-on systems and, and spec options? Yeah, so uh, a lot of uh, fleets are following uh, regulation, which are pushing them to adopt 4 to 5% fuel-saving technology. Uh, 
we can go up to more now to at least eight percent uh, as an average so those three percent represents a lot just uh, for example one percent in the industry the full trucking industry will represent more than 300 million gallon of fuel per year so every one percent the industry adopts of uh, fuel saving technology will make a big difference on right. the carbon footprint and speaking of regulations, uh, the phase two uh, greenhouse gas rule in, in the U.S. Uh, did uh, originally include a, a list of uh, requirements for, for trailers or standards on, on trailer efficiency. Uh, those were uh, challenged in court and uh, ended up being put in abeyance. So there's kind of some basically uncertainty about where that will all end up in the long run. Uh, so there is a certain level of uh, uncertainty for uh, trailer manufacturers or who are the ones that have to to comply with that rule if it does uh, eventually take effect. Uh, are you seeing any sort of uh, effect in the market based on that uncertainty of just you know, what will be required in terms of uh, trailer aerodynamics and uh, you know, tire pressure uh, monitoring and inflation systems, some of the add-on systems that uh, the rule might have pushed uh, had it gone into effect? Yeah, uh, uncertainty for sure is not good, uh, but um, it's pushing uh, implementation of technology when when we see date coming so of course what was been put on a stay with uh, EPA is a is a step back maybe in uh, in promoting uh, fuel saving technology but on the other uh, way fleets are past the point where they see that those technology helps uh, their operation costs and they're going forward so um, I would say there's always a percentage of people that are following technology and there's the you know, first uh, adopters, which are in front of the parade. So we have no issue now. It's the middle part, which is uh, following. So uh, I would say the first regulation have kind of started the uh, the parade, and now everything is, is following in. Sure, and the business case is still there regardless of, of yes. the regulations. Uh, but before I let you go, I do want to get, uh, you know, just your, your final thoughts on where this industry is going in terms of, of aerodynamics, where are we and, and what does the future look like? Yeah, so evidently we're going to be combining solutions, so combining aero solutions. Uh, some are already on the market, some are coming. Uh, we see a lot of value in combo, uh, working also with the truck, so it's really a truck-trailer combo. Uh, so we're already working with other companies to uh, provide combo uh, aero de uh, devices, which will uh, bring you know soon to the bin four bin five and eventually bin six well wonderful it's been great to have you on the program uh great to uh, uh hear some insights from somebody who's been in this business uh, for a very long time and has really seen it uh, uh advance over the years thank you transport topics in one word authoritative knowledge outstanding reliable we ask transport topics readers to describe us in one word Informative. Informative. Integrity. The Bible. Authoritative. The authority. Transportation information, that's two, but I, I, I gotta have it both. Physically large. Yes. <laughs> well, that's two words. Visit influence.ttnews.com forward slash say hello to find out what they're talking about. As we draw to a close, let's reflect on our original question of which technologies and strategies will drive the next advances in aerodynamics. As we've heard, it's clear that much of the industry still has a lot to gain simply by implementing systems that are already commercially available. It's a safe bet that regulation will continue to play a role in driving adoption, but the business case and fuel savings will also push trucking companies toward these systems.
Naturally, it will become progressively difficult to find more savings as fleets add more technologies, but there's still a lot of opportunity out there, even for fleets that are already running efficient late model tractors and aerodynamic systems on their trailers. And that's because the menu of options for aerodynamics has greatly expanded. In addition to side skirts, we now see a range of devices that improve airflow at the rear of the trailer, at the gap behind the cab, and along the tandem axles. The most efficient fleets will take aerodynamics to the next level by combining multiple systems that work together to boost fuel efficiency. Over time, we'll see tractor trailers become increasingly streamlined, and they'll look less like the boxy vehicles of the past and more like bullet trains. We'll continue the conversation about freight efficiency in the next episode of Road Science. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening.